This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Blue wire. The Denver Nuggets select Michael Porter Jr. But I'm going to make sure that this pick is this organization's best pick they've ever made. Morris inside. Jokic. Jokic. 23. to a new edition of the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your host, TJ McBride from MileHighSports.com, your home for all Colorado sports. And we're going to talk about some hoops again because the Nuggets just got done um, losing 124 to 111 or something like that to the Los Angeles Clippers, but really the overall, or to the Los Angeles, yeah, the Los Angeles Clippers. But really, it doesn't really matter what the outcome of the game was. The Nuggets were able to avoid the... Dallas Mavericks in the first round because they lost this game, which is an overall win. And in my opinion, they had a lot of other things go right for them. But you'll hear more about that coming up. We're going to talk about how the Nuggets didn't play their starters in the fourth quarter. Talk about the Nikola Jokic, Michael Porter Jr. chemistry that is growing and has been growing going all the way back to training camp. Talk about the first half brilliance of this Nuggets team compared to the second half fallout. The fact that Nikola Jokic had 13 assists in 28 minutes tonight, and also what we potentially learned about a possible Clippers-Nuggets matchup. I say we because the great Kendra Andrews, the lead beat writer for the Denver Nuggets over at The Athletic and the host of the Rainbow Skyline podcast, is back on the show once again to talk about some Nuggets stuff. So you'll hear from both Kendra and I in the next segment all about this exact stuff from this game, and then we'll finish off by giving our early predictions for the the Jazz series because the Nuggets losing tonight locked them into the third seed and a matchup with the Utah Jazz in the first round. So lots of fun stuff to talk about in this show. A lot of great insight from Kendra as well. Um, But this show is actually going to be brought to you by a new sponsor off the bat today. The Sunday Ticket, NFL Sunday Ticket. It's back. People are going to be able to watch some football for once. So hopefully things stay going well and you'll be able to hear about them here in a second and you'll be able to watch some football here in a little bit. But we're going to take our first break before I dive into my conversation with Kendra Andrews, tell you about NFL Sunday Ticket, and we're going to come right back in on the other side. So stick with us. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are finally coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every 
every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, you get NFL Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels so you never miss your favorite teams and your favorite players, no matter where you live. NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use your promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off of your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. That is promo code BLUEWIRE in all capital letters. Welcome back into the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast. At this point, it's becoming normal to say this, but I'm here with Kendra Andrews, the athletic <laughs> lead Nuggets beat writer of the Can't athletic. Of I'm kind of, of okay <laughs> with this because we end up just tailing off into complete psychotic conversations on this, which is kind of my like go-to at this point. So I always like talking to you, but how are you doing right now since the last like three days since we talked? Been doing good, you know, just, you know, enjoying, enjoying everything i mean i feel like this the nba bubble basketball has just been so good like yes. all of it just kind of you know eating it up and stuff what's your favorite story of the bubble so far that's a tough one there's so many but, fun games like, and so many fun storylines right because i think they're game storylines like i like i'm <laughs> blown away by phoenix yeah. blown away by portland like i'm loving those storylines and then of course they're like lou williams going to a strip club storyline <laughs> that i thought that was like hilarious or like you know how do guys accidentally break the rules by picking up uber eats and like those types of storylines too so i think <laughs> those ones i guess are the storylines but basketball wise i mean those teams that are still trying to get in to the playoffs. That is by far my favorite basketball storyline because, you know, the play-in games, like the round-robin games, we'll call them, are in two days. As they start this weekend. And there is no inclination of who those games are going to be against, which is just so crazy. Yeah, what Damian Lillard has done is oh, legitimately mind-blowing. I saw this on Twitter, and I hate that I can't remember who to credit it to, but Someone said that the best version of Mamba mentality currently in the NBA is Damian Lillard. And I don't think there's a better way to sum up what Dame has been able to do. He has put that team on his back and drug them. Completely. At this point. And to have 61 like he did in this last... And I'm sorry, the most amazing part was actually the fact that Adidas made every single one of his shoes $61 after he dropped it. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. Why <laughs> didn't you tell me that? Every pair of shoes. Okay, the Lillards are a little overrated. I'm going to be honest. You got to go back to the twos to, or the ones to really like those shoes, in my opinion. But That's still, it was, it's another know, cool it's, thing. I mean, it's crazy. I, again, I saw another tweet, and I forget who this was as well, but it was, there is no one player who means more to their franchise mm-hmm. than Damian Lillard. Wasn't that Woj? To, I think it was Woj yeah. or it was someone from ESPN. I do know that. And it's totally true. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no one player who means more to that franchise and 
than Damian Lillard, and he has just completely embraced it, and it's crazy. I think and- that Giannis has something to say about that in Milwaukee, <laughs> but I, I do get the sentiment. It's 100% That's on fair. the table, but Giannis being in the middle of literally nowhere, That's in fair. my opinion, it's kind of part of that. But regardless of me bashing the hell out of Milwaukee, let's move on to what happened tonight. The Nuggets <laughs> lost by some number that is meaningless, uh, 124 to 111. Mm-hmm. Do you care that the no. Nuggets didn't play. Yeah, okay. So let's, <laughs> let, like, before we just dive into this, the Nuggets played only one starter in the fourth quarter. He played half the fourth quarter. It was Michael Porter Jr. Uh, Jeremy Grant played more of it, but I don't really know what that was about in the first place. But Malone clearly, before the game, made it a point that the win was not the most important thing tonight. It was getting the Nuggets closer to the best version of themselves. And he backed that up by not playing his starters in the fourth quarter again. There are some people on Twitter who are saying that when you lose on purpose, you develop a loser's mentality. How dumb is that? I don't believe I, I don't believe I think that. it's so wrong. Because so there's, there's, when you're losing for a strategic reason to give yourself a better chance of winning in the future, that's, I don't think that's a way of a loser's mentality. It's a, we're setting ourselves up for better success and like i i don't know i just don't buy that well it's this idea that like why would you want to play luca in the first round totally. like, why would anybody want to play luca in the first round if i'm the lakers i'm like no i don't want dallas no 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 right and i think there's also a difference between a loser's mentality of okay let's play all of our starters and they're just going to play horribly and let's mm-hmm. turn it over on purpose and let's do this do that and let's purposefully play really bad versus we're going to sit all of our starters. What happens, happens. Are yeah. we going to be heartbroken over this loss? Do I want you guys throwing your bodies on the floor to, you know, try and win this game? No. But if we win it, we'll, we'll take the win, but we're also not going to be, like, super, super duper upset. So I think there's a difference between throwing a game and just saying, start, let's rest our best players because health is obviously a priority for the Nuggets, and let's see what happens with the bench players. Yeah, to be clear, I think Malone made a phenomenal decision in both of these last games. The Nuggets were without so many players at the start of the bubble that there were a lot of guys who just soaked up an absurd amount of minutes. And those guys, really, Nikola Jokic being the first and most obvious one, he needs rest. Like, you need Nikola to be ready for a four-overtime game if that comes again like it did last playoffs. Right. Same thing for me, the the other part of this is Michael Porter Jr. Mm -hmm. He's played so many minutes, including a double-overtime game and a single overtime game that dude needs rest like what did he play 28 minutes tonight 25 minutes tonight even that's too much for me tonight after all the minutes he's played because he went from literally sitting and keeping his leg up to be healthy for this Mm -hmm. to playing the most minutes he's played in three years of basketball so I agree with Malone on this. I think they pulled the better matchup. I actually think they learned a lot about themselves tonight, despite the fact that they didn't play him in the fourth quarter. I thought there was a lot of revealing moments in this Clippers-Nuggets matchup. So overall, I think the Nuggets accomplished way more in this game Mm -hmm. than a win ever could have for them. I agree. And I also think about it, it's like, look, if we weren't in this bubble scenario, if let's say we were back in March or April or when usually you're gearing up to the playoffs, if you, the Nuggets were in the same position that they were in now, just in a less condensed form of we know we have this seed, we know we only have two more games left to the season, they would probably be doing the same thing. Yeah. And it's, it's different because there was the big 
you know, time off. And then they just played so many games in such a short amount of time. But I couldn't imagine a sitting in March with two games left to the season with them either getting the two or three seed with a couple guys injured, let's say, and Michael Malone being like, let's just run our guys. Yeah. So then, like, no, there was no way that he would have done that one way or the other. Yeah. And these are unusual circumstances. So you have to mm-hmm. approach it with unusual solutions. And that's what Malone has done. I think Malone deserves way more credit than he's given for how creative he's been. In well, the his bubble. coaching has been phenomenal. In the totally bubble. agree. Totally but- agree. Amazing. So let's now move back into the more specifics of this Clippers game. Mm-hmm. The most surprising and amazing thing about this game to me, which it's easy to say, Jeremy Grant, I'm going to go with Nikola Jokic having 13 assists in 28 minutes. Yeah, that is mind-boggling. At one point in the first half, he was on pace for 32 assists in the game. Like he was putting out dimes like it was the most effortless thing in the world. And right. execution of their offensive of their offense in the first half was phenomenal. Um, I really thought Nikola Jokic's passing was on full display and his control of the offense. It mm-hmm. shows that they still have that. It hasn't been there the entire time through. But is that something that you saw as well? Absolutely. I mean, in that first half, the Nuggets were just kind of picking apart the Clippers' defense, and they really could get anything that, you know, they wanted. And it's so interesting to me with with Nikola Jokic and his passing in these big assist games because the games that he doesn't need to go off in and be the primary scorer, the big scorer, those are the games where he does get – 13, 20, 25 assists. And so it's just so crazy the impact that he still has on this team where, okay, yeah, he doesn't need to be the big scorer. You know, Malone isn't going to run him ragged and isn't, you know, forcing him to, to really take over the game. And yet that's when all these crazy assists happen and he just has such control over this team and the way that, that the offense is run. So I want to use this to transition to the Jokic-Porter chemistry. But first, mm-hmm. I, want to, I want to take a second just to kind of look at the fact that Nikola Jokic can just flip a switch. And it's really impressive. And like, I know we've talked about this. We've, even you and I have talked about this. Mm-hmm. But it's always in theory. You know, like, okay, the switch. It's this fake idea, this cliche bullshit thing to say. But Jokic can actually do it. He's, if there's a switch, he's the closest one to For flipping sure. it. Him and LeBron have that ability to be like, all right, game is over. And it's, there's like, there's so few players who are able to do that. And I think what I want to transition to now is the Porter chemistry part, Mm -hmm. because I, in my opinion, Nikola Jokic from the get go knew he was like, that's the guy I need to get on the, on the, on the, on the first page. Let me read you a quote real quick, because Mm -hmm. going all the way back to training camp, you and I were way the hell out in the Olympic. That was a year ago. (laughs) Yes. Wow. It has been a year ago, but I talked to Michael Porter jr. About the adversity he fought through to get here, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. But we touched on Nikola Jokic. And one of the things that he said that was so revealing to me was this. And I quote, Jokic has been a lot more verbal towards me than I thought he would be. He has kind of told me great job, but is also pointing out things I'm better. I can be better at. Then mm-hmm. he went on to say afterwards, where is this quote? Um, Jokic kind of chooses who he likes and doesn't like, but he's such a good player that he's helping me through things. Him being the guy that we run most of our stuff through, it's really cool for me because I can pick up on stuff easier because when he's the main player on the team telling me what he wants me to do, you can figure it out quicker. Nikola Mm -hmm. Jokic from the start, he was like, that dude can unlock so much more for this team than anybody realizes. And Mm -hmm. it was within the first 36 hours of playing with him. Does 
I don't think that there's anybody that Nikola Jokic would rather pass to on the Nuggets. That's yeah. where I'm at now. Like he understands what a weapon he is, and he uses him in that I way. I mean, he said that he said that Michael Porter is such a big target for me. That's what Nicole says because he understands Porter has size, so he is physically a big target. He's a big guy, long arms. He can catch passes that you know if Nicole wants to throw it up and out to the side, he can catch it, and he can shoot. Mm-hmm. He can drive. He can do so many different things. So if you find Porter in a good spot, chances are he will get a good shot off and chances are there's there's a pretty good chance that it will go into the basket. What I find so fascinating is looking at the combination of like, okay, Jeremy Grant and Nikola Jokic's chemistry and Michael Porter Jr.'s and and Nikola Jokic's chemistry because Mm -hmm. they're both big targets. They both have big hands. They're both skilled and they're both really athletic. But for some reason, Nikola Jokic is already more comfortable throwing passes in traffic to Michael Porter Jr. than he is Mm -hmm. with anybody else on the team. And that, again, is just more evidence that Nikola Jokic knows that this kid needs to be there. He needs to be the one that is able to handle these kinds of a role and he needs to put himself into that position so i honestly feel like most of the time that porter has been playing with Jokic, Jokic is doing everything he can to catch him up to speed because he understands his his importance is that something that you've looked at or agree with or am i getting a little bit too crazy tinfoil (laughs) hat right now the visual of you in a tinfoil hat is pretty great um (laughs) i'm gonna make one now so i can put it on for our zoom calls this is all your fault okay but continue (laughs) What was I saying? Oh, no, I I think, I I definitely think that Jokic understands the potential that Porter has. I think he understands how big a role Porter has in the future of this team. And I don't think that he needed to, like, I think he probably realized it on his own. And I think he probably had other people tell him Mm -hmm. how, because Michael Malone hasn't been shy about saying that Porter is part of this franchise's future and has a big part in that. So yeah, you want your future and your best player who's going to probably be with you for good chunk of time more yeah more chunk of time kind of, <laughs> to be to be to be able to play together and I think I really think that starting Nicola and and Michael Porter Jr. together without Jamal Murray really set a good foundation for them to build their chemistry without Nicola having to, I don't want to say worry about facilitating for another guy like Jamal, but without having the responsibility to do so, without needing to do that, he could put all of his focus on, this is the shooter. This is the player. This is my number two, and I'm going to set him up for success. And then I think even after Jamal came back, Nicole still kind of had that mindset. He's like, okay, of course Jamal's here. And of course I'm going, we already have that established chemistry, but I've also just started building this chemistry and I can see where it's going to go. 100% agree. And I think something that is also understated about Michael Porter Jr.'s growth is that since Jamal Murray has come back, he has done nothing to try and get in the way. It mm-hmm. has not become the Jamal and Nicola show. He has been entirely willing to let Michael Porter Jr. become this player because I think he also realizes that the jumbo wing archetype is the one thing they don't have, and adding that will just make Jamal Murray's life easier. Yeah. Like, look, this this team is talking so much about championship aspirations and wanting and wanting to win a title and feeling they can win a title. 
And they still need, in my opinion, they still need a couple pieces. And I think that they do know that too. And they see Michael Porter as one of those pieces. Mm -hmm. So if these young guys really do want to win a championship, which I believe that they really do, Mm -hmm. they push the ego. They understand that. And, And they're young enough, I think, where they don't have huge egos where they're stuck in their ways of, no, this is my team. No, I am the first scoring option or I am the second scoring option. And they see... I just want to win a championship and there is room for all three of us. Yes. I might not score as many points, but I don't think anyone on this nuggets team is as cocky to, to feel like that is something they don't want to work with. So here's my take. Porter was that cocky when he came into the NBA. Probably. The way that Michael Malone handled his minutes mm-hmm. early in the season, despite all of the crap he took for it, is exactly what Michael Porter Jr. needed to become this style of player. I yeah. don't think that this exists. Because like when I go back and watch that first half, which I watched a few clips before we talked, Michael Porter Jr.'s defensive effort was incredible. He was doing everything. It wasn't always good. He was doing everything he could, though, to make an impact defensively. I had zero faith of that before all, before he started playing. That was not his MO. And that's not to say he couldn't do it. He always physically had the ability. He never did. He didn't give mm-hmm. a shit about defense. He was this effortless scorer who could do whatever the hell he wanted on whatever court. And he can still do that. But somehow Michael Malone got it into his head that he can be something more. And I don't know how Malone does this, but he gets guys to buy into being the best version of themselves while also not being selfish. And that doesn't (laughs) usually fit, but he does it. And it's really, really impressive to me. It is. So let's talk more about the stats real quick. Michael Porter Mm -hmm. Jr. was four of 10 from the field, missed all four of his his three-pointers, had 11 points, five rebounds, two assists. Do you have any concern after watching his game tonight? No. Yeah, me either. I think I th- and look, I think playing against the Clippers, being matched up against guys like Kawhi and Paul George, that's a matchup that uh, Michael Porter Jr. hasn't really gone up against. Um, those are big guys. And he <laughs> that's the elite of the elite right there. Right. Not only has he not faced them themselves, but he hasn't really faced guys like that. So if he's an off night adjusting to the elite of the elite basketball players, that it's fine. I agree. And on top of that, too, he was probably tired as shit. Yeah. Like, that makes a lot of sense why your threes all miss and you're okay at the rim is because you are tired as shit. So, like, okay. I'm not concerned about that. Again, the dude has played so many minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, enough minutes to where you're like, wow, I feel way better about his durability kind of thing. But right. still, regardless of that point, I'm going to move on. Let's talk about Jeremy Grant. Uh, Jeremy Grant tonight offensively was just an attack mode, man. I mean, he was nine of 14 from the field, four of seven from three, 25 points on 14 shots to go with six rebounds is a very, very good game. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the scoring. His defense one-on-one on Kawhi Leonard and Paul George was exactly what you wanted to see. Is that yeah. how you feel as well? Totally. I mean, I think the reason why I, I'll never forget the reason why they signed Jeremy Grant. I remember Tim Connolly. I remember Mike Malone saying this at his signing press conference last summer was his versatility mm-hmm. and the versatility that he could bring to this team. And I think that's exactly what you saw tonight. And to do that against a team like the Clippers, where you are, like I mentioned, Kawhi and Paul George before, when you are matching up with those bigger guys and you're able to play really, really well defensively and then also score offensively. I mean, I think this was Jeremy Grant's best performance so far in the bubble Mm -hmm. it kind of reminded 
Because I feel like he had been, he'd been playing well so far, but I feel like he was a little bit more under the radar and it kind of just reminded people of like, okay, this is why this team appreciates him and why he, he makes positive impacts for this team. Tonight showed that when everything breaks right, the Nuggets do have a defensive lineup that can hang with mm-hmm. the Clippers. Mm-hmm. You, are, you can play Jamal Murray, Michael Porter at the two, Jeremy Grant at the three, Paul Millsap at the four, and Nicola. Yeah. That is enough size. It's enough shooting. It's enough offensive versatility. And you have all the length you need to be able to deal with the Paul Georges, the, you know, the Morrises, the Kawhis mm-hmm. of the world. And yeah. I think that was really one of the most surprising things that I saw was that the Nuggets have a ceiling defensively that can match this Clippers team. And before the Michael Porter addition, I didn't think they had it. I didn't think there was any lineup that they could sustainably do that. I think it's possible now. Mm-hmm. And Jeremy Grant is a massive part of it, if not the most important part part of it so that's going to be fascinating to me do you think that he'll play because like tonight he played 28 minutes which was tied for the most on the team do you mm-hmm. think he'll be playing a role similar similar to this where he comes off the bench but he plays like 32 minutes a night in, in the a playoffs clippers, in a clippers in a series. clippers series yeah i would i would say yes and this and i and i i just think that there is it's it's you need like you don't want like you do want to have all your best players in the starting lineup but you also need to have really good guys coming off the bench to to give that reinforcement so that when Michael Porter Jr needs to take a break when Nikola Jokic needs to take a break you aren't losing everything that you get from your starters and i think that guys like Monte Morris and i think that guys like Jeremy Grant really provide that boost from the bench like could Jeremy Grant be starting 100% but I think there's a lot that can be said for him coming in and playing those significant minutes off the bench and and still having a really big impact and providing like staggering those lineups a little bit more yeah, and I think I that that is a really smart plan not to just put all of your firepower in one go and then okay back it off and then all oh, in one go a little bit I think it's good to have some some staggering I think you're going to see Michael Malone stagger um, Michael Porter Jr. first of all because he can play the second through like mm-hmm. the third with the starters and then he can shift to that primary role with the bench unit. And I think Jeremy Grant will be very similar with that. I think that those two guys are the biggest like bridges yes. between the the starting lineup and the bench. And I don't remember I don't know if you remember TJ like or it was earlier in the season, but there was a lot of issues it was either, you know, the starters are playing really well and then the bench unit would come in and the bench would suck or the starting unit would be sucking and then the bench unit would come. And, and, it, and, and one thing that Malone said about that is like, we, we're not, you know, bridging the gap enough between these two groups. They're two separate entities and they can't be that. And I think that Michael Porter and Jeremy Grant are the, the two biggest, you know, guys who, who connect those groups because we've seen them play with the starters and we've seen them play with the bench unit as well. I totally agree. Anything else on Jeremy Grant that came into your head? No. So let's stick with the same bench unit conversation. The Nuggets bench unit has been inconsistent, and there is a severe limit to how talented they are. And I mm-hmm. think that's just fair because this is a team that, again, like they're depleted two starters. So you have two of your yeah. bench guys starting. So that makes things a little bit more difficult. <laughs> so I don't think that that's like a surprise or anything like that, but if things are struggling for the Nuggets in any playoff series, mm-hmm. has Bull Bull earned the chance to be a change of pace guy in the playoffs? I think the reason that I asked this question is because tonight against an elite Clippers team, he showed that he can help. 
I think I think he can. And I think we've seen it the past two games, actually, against mm-hmm. the Lakers and the Clippers because he's the guy Church, girl, that Michael Malone put in at – yes, they lost both games, but that doesn't matter. It's that about the matter. fact that Malone had the trust in him to – to put him out there in crunch time. And and the shot that Kyle Kuzma hit for the Lakers, yeah. Bull's hand was like, like he got out as fast as he could, as far as he could to make that shot as difficult as he could. And sometimes shooters hit really tough shots and that's what happened. But I think just the fact that Michael Malone is, is comfortable with, because he doesn't have to put him on the floor. He There are other people that he could put out on the floor. And he... I mean, he said it. He said that this guy, I'm, I'm building trust with him. And so I think, I think also if they are struggling in a playoff series down the line, it's almost a why not yeah. scenario. You know, it's, but maybe, maybe you try it once and maybe it doesn't work and then, okay, maybe not again. But it's like, why the hell not? If you guys are really struggling and if you guys are losing, yeah, put your seven foot two guy out there and see. <laughs> who can shoot the ball and block like anyone's shot and see what this kid can do. I totally agree. And the way that I'm looking at this is this is not like bull bull plays backup center minutes. Like that is Mm -hmm. not where I'm going with this. My thought is this, the Nuggets bench and it comes in and gets scorched. They're not defending well and they don't have an offensive flow. When that happens, why not put bull in, go to a zone to throw off your opposing team and just see if you can create mismatches on the other end with bull in the game because they don't have that kind of scoring on the bench. But bull bull is already one of the best scorers on the Nuggets bench just off off pure talent level. So I do really wonder if Malone, if this is also required no Will Barton and no Gary Harris. But that's if that's if this stays the same, I really think that Bull Bull might have a chance to play in the playoffs. Um, to finish us off, Bull Bull played tonight nine minutes and had seven points on three or four shooting. I think the more revealing thing isn't the closing minutes in these last two games because, again, the ending hasn't really mattered. The first quarter minutes. Mm-hmm. He played first quarter minutes in both games, and I find that extremely revealing. And plus, the Nuggets are injured. They don't have the guys. So the fact that Malone has been playing him tells me that he's planning to play him so we'll have to see but i found that extremely interesting did you have anything else from a clippers nuggets series perspective that was like interesting to you that kind of came out tonight not really i got one there was so do you know that c corner play that they run where jamal murray sets the screen on michael porter's guy in the corner and porter's Mm -hmm. shirts Mm -hmm. into the center of the lane for a post up yeah so the nuggets love that play it's one of their go-tos for porter to get him open going towards the rim Against the Clippers, they were like, okay, we know you like this play. We're going to put Paul George on Jamal Murray, and we're going to put Kawhi Leonard on Michael Porter Jr., and we're going to see if you can get past us. And literally, the Nuggets could do nothing. Nikola sat there for 14 seconds waiting for somebody to do anything. There's going to be a lot of that. And I cannot wait to see it. And the other thing is I think the Nuggets will be closing with Jamal Murray, with Michael Porter Jr., with Jeremy Grant, with Paul Millsap, with Nikola Jokic. That is what I think will be their closing lineup against the Clippers team. So that's my wax poetic thing about the Clippers. (laughs) Let's move on really quick because the Nuggets have a first round matchup. We know what it is. It's going to be very fun now. Utah Jazz, first thoughts. That's what they wanted. That is what they wanted. (laughs) That was my first thought is it's, it's not Luka Doncic. It's that's, that is, this is the matchup they wanted. And, and, Look, like, of course, yes, the matchups with, with the Jazz this season have been tough and they've been, they've been really fun games to watch. But 
you know, Rudy Gobert is still kind of trying to find himself. Let's say, you know, they're missing some of their key scorers, especially with the Nuggets being shorthanded. We don't know what's happening with Gary Harris and Will Barton. Without those guys, you don't want to go up against the Mavericks. They have like upset written all over them, I feel. Yeah. And I just, I think in a seven game series, it's far more likely for them to be able to beat the Jazz and not have any crazy thing happen. The Jazz need Donovan Mitchell to go nuclear to win basketball games. But yeah. that's, that's the biggest thing for me is that if you could just keep him from scoring 35, you have a great shot to win. And when you look at the double overtime game that they played a couple days ago, that's exactly what happened. Yep. Is Donovan Mitchell scored 45 points and he went off and went bonkers. He had like 18 kept, in the two overtimes. <laughs> yeah, and kept, and, and not only 18, but clutch. Like he kept hitting three pointers when there was like five seconds left. Can they, so will he do that once or twice in a series? Mm -hmm. Yes. Will he do that for five, for four games that they need five or six or seven games? I can't say that it's like, yes, this kid's going to score 50 points every game and and come up exactly when they need them. They need him to, but that's what they would need. Totally agree. And Michael Porter Jr. is going to kill them. Like Michael Porter Jr. is going to make Royce O'Neal look like he has no fucking idea what he's doing because he is just so much bigger. Like there is nobody on that team who can match up with Michael Porter Jr. physically on the perimeter. Not exactly. a single person. When I you, bet you they try and use Jay Crowder and just grunt physically move yeah. that dude around. It's all because, I can do. Right. Because when you look at the matchups, it's like, okay, yes, you have Rudy Gobert and Nikola Jokic. And by this point, Nikola Jokic has figured out Rudy Gobert's game and has a really good handle on how to defend him and play offensively against him. And then you look at guards with Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray. And similarly, it's, it's, it's a good matchup. And then what, like you said, when it gets to Michael Porter, when it gets to the more in-between guys between the guard and the center, that's where the disparities are. And that's where the, the, the um, series kind of starts to change is mm -hmm. in those two to four positions. I totally agree. And the thing is, too, is that now you can put Michael Porter Jr. on Joe Ingles and just mm -hmm. smother him, like just face guard him, take away their three-point shooting. If you go back to last year, if you want to beat the Jazz, just stop Joe Ingles from shooting threes, and the spacing just disappears into nothing. So, like, the Nuggets have so many ways to attack this Jazz team. I thought Nikola Jokic being extremely humble tonight was cool, where he said, not a single game that I've played against them has been easy, which I think is 100% true. It's fair, yeah. I mean, if you, like, some of their best games this, and by best, I mean, exciting nerve-wracking games mm -hmm. this season have been against the jazz with the seven guys down in utah with the double overtime uh just a couple days ago they played one other time and i'm no they had another overtime going. game in like i don't remember in October, january, january or sometime like, like a year ago i don't so remember it's, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a good matchup but it is definitely more what they wanted than playing the mavericks as the two seed Time for the far too early prediction without enough research being done. What is your far too early prediction and how many games and do the Nuggets win or no? I think the Nuggets are going to win in five. Six. I was going to pick five. six. I'm going to pick I'm, six. I'm in five and a half. <laughs> I'm, I'm accounting for like one and a half Donovan Mitchell, like just berserk right. lunatic games. So right. yeah, I'm going to say five or six, leaning six as well. So yeah. I'm excited though. I think it's going to be great. Nikola Jokic owns Rudy Gobert. Donovan Mitchell can be really bad sometimes. Boyan doesn't play for them. They, they held Donovan Mitchell to, to what, two points, mm -hmm. I think, in their first matchup in the fall. And those two points were free throws. 
man, Gary Harris was a demon in that game. I, so, okay, last thing before we get out of here. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Do Will Barton or Gary Harris play in the playoffs at all? Yes. I'm saying no. I don't know. I don't have any kind of like information saying, on it, but I'm saying I mean, no. I don't either. I'm saying yes. I'm not saying what round I think they're going to play because I have no idea, but I don't think they'll start. I agree Maybe with that one, as well. Like, I think that they will come off the bench because – I mean, we can have a whole other podcast just on this topic. Oh, but really, I'm going to talk to Tony Jones in like two days about the Jazz series. We'll get no, into yeah, same here. And if it's if 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 it's about you know easing guys back into things and not wanting to get guys injured, these are like the most injury prone players, you know. So I think if they are healthy enough to play, I think they'll play. I don't think they'll start out by playing very minutes, and I don't think that they will start throughout this entire playoff run i think michael porter jr has cemented himself as a starter and i yeah. think you know tory craig hasn't been going off the charts but do you want a guy starting who's been playing for the past four weeks or do you guys want to start a guy who hasn't played in six months and playoff tory is a hell of a shooter you know, so, i mean we've seen what we've seen <laughs> <laughs> make my notion that. <laughs> kendra tell everybody where to find you and tell them about your podcast too because yes. i forgot to mention that on the starting well, yes point. i have my own podcast with uh, the great dave defore over at the athletic um, my twin i love that I, dude that's why i like recording with you like i can't keep you guys straight I'm like did i talk to dave <laughs> about this or did i talk to tj about this you guys look the same you sound the same you act the same but it is the rainbow skyline podcast over at the athletic uh where you can find all of my work you can also find me on twitter kendra two underscores andrews i'm sorry i've had to throw the second one in um and yeah i think there's i think there's like a seven day free trial over at the athletic right now so i'm shamelessly plugging that do it go check out go check it out kendra is so damn good at what she does thank you great work her podcast is very mediocre because of that dude (laughs) but uh, but when kendra's on it it's amazing so definitely check it out but thank you so much kendra it's kind of fun i bet we'll talk very very soon probably in five minutes (laughs) (laughs) have a good one Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things that you would never expect. And what's even cooler is that it's at a price that you would never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at zero dollars and goes up one cent every single time you bid. The kicker is the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item ends up going to you for the price it was just at. So, This is how it's going to work if you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering my listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign up, and that is on top of their other discounts. Here's how you're going to do it. Go to DealDash.com and use offer code MOUNTAIN or type in DealDash.fm backslash mountain. That is D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M backslash mountain to get the free extra 100 free bids from just listening to this podcast. Go to DealDash.com and enjoy those deals. 
Thank you guys again for listening to the show, for subscribing, for leaving five-star reviews, for leaving comments, for sharing it on social media, and supporting this show for as long as you have. It means the world to me. I know things have been crazy, but it's been so nice just to talk hoops and be able to be involved like this. So again, thank you to everybody who listens and share this. Also, thank you to NFLSundayTicket.tv. Thank you to Deal Dash. Thank you to Bet Online, And thank you especially to the Blue Wire Podcast Network for giving me this platform. Um, it's been a ton of fun. There is one more seeding game left before the Nuggets finally go to the playoffs and take on the Utah Jazz in the first round. It is going to be a ridiculous run of basketball coming up. I hope you guys are ready for it. We're going to be covering it here at the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast. But for me and for Kendra Andrews, who you need to go follow on Twitter, that's Kendra two underscores Andrews. Go subscribe to the Rock to the Rainbow Skyline podcast. She does and read her work over the Athletic. It's going to be a crazy run, and all of us are going to be covered. But from me, this is TJ McBride signing off. Thank you guys so much for, for, for following along. Please stay safe and please keep wearing your masks. Keep everybody else safe around you. And we will talk to you guys later. Have a good one. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to uh, to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all of the odds, the futures, and props to bet on, and they're all available 24/7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champion. Robert Ori. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series that they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all of your odds and up-to-date sports news. Also, remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE when to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE, spelled B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. BetOnline, your online wagering experts.